Hello and welcome to Come Out and Play, the D&D podcast that's all trans, all the time. My name is Benjamin, my pronouns are he, him, and I will be your DM for this campaign. My name is Moss, I use Z, them pronouns, and I'm playing Ember, who uses they, them pronouns. They are a human paladin of the singing flame. My name is Mel, I use they, them pronouns. I play Trick, who also uses they, them pronouns. Trick is a huge human warrior and Ember's elder sibling. My name is Haz, I use they, them pronouns, and I play Maynard, who uses he, him pronouns, and he is a skittish wizard. I'm Chris, I play Rill, and we both use he, him pronouns. Good evening to the robots, good evening to the listeners, all six of them. All six of our listeners. That's more than recorders. So really, we come out tops. That's that's a good way of looking at it. I hadn't considered that. That's very encouraging. <laughs> okay, so. Our intrepid adventurers have taken a small side quest of their own volition to jaunt on down to Vanguard, the city on the southern coast that they, where they previously had uh, an experience with Odysseus and Felicity the Puppet. And they've done this to, in order to uh, locate some dwarves and return to them essentially the central religious library of the major temple of one of the now-deceased dwarven gods. Uh, they were successful in locating these dwarves and have returned the library. Um, they offered to do this for free, but for reasons boiling down to not wishing to be indebted to them, uh, the dwarves gave them a lot of money anyway. So it's really a lot of money. It is really quite a lot of money. Mm. Uh, so you are now fabulously rich. Um, and in a city. So I think one of the things that we were going to do before moving you on from this city was let you go shopping. Yes. Did everyone oh, no. forget that and not look at things they wanted? I wicked forgot. Yeah. <laughs> I can, I can I can condense time if you want to go and look at things to go shopping because where you are going afterwards there are probably not shops. I'd be more surprised me. if we did find shops, honestly. Well, yes, I mean it's possible that you're going to tell me that now that you're fabulously wealthy you've changed your minds about where you're going. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're going with previous plans, it is unlikely to have a thriving shopping district. That is true. I'm looking at the belt of giant strength, but I don't know what. what I can't find moment. a cost. Yeah, so magic items don't have standard costs because it's sort mm. of a, a, a DM judgment call as to how much magic you want the party to have access to. So you, ah, can, I see. you can kind of flex it both ways. You can either give them less loot or you can make magic things more expensive and then they can still have steel armor and horses, but can't necessarily have magic items um it's a little obscure and weird and it would yeah. be really helpful if they'd given prices and said here are the prices <sighs> which you may wish to flex up and down rather than just eh. whatever you <laughs> feel like <laughs> make it up make it up right, right, right. Come up with it. i mean they're trying to straddle two different styles fundamentally yeah, yeah. um I mean, I definitely want some sort of magic sword. I support you in your desire for a magic sword. I do. But, like, it's not... I don't have... 
I don't like have a list of magic swords. I don't. Yeah. Um, um, that is literally a list of magic weapons. Would you like a link to it? Yeah, that would be cool. Are we is is food and rations below the abstraction layer, or should we be purchasing them? Because you're not really uh, keeping it, track. It stresses me out to starve your characters. Yeah. We can um, just say we pick up some rations and. Right, I'm uh, gonna yeah. let you be like have that below the abstraction layer. If you want to role play around being deeply bored of trail rations or whatever, that's all to the good. But I'm not gonna starve you because that gives me the bad stress. Sure. Imagine and now this is. is this is the sort of thing. Yeah, I would recommend that you look at things up to the level of rare unless you plan on pooling all of your money okay. on a single item, in which case I might be talked into a very rare, but I recommend you look at, at uh, uncommon and rare. Uh, you can also look at common. The only common magical item is a standard healing potion. <laughs> you may wish to purchase it. <laughs> I mean, it's always good to have on hand. Right, they, they, they don't go amiss, but I believe it is the only common magical item is a standard healing potion. The belt of hill giant strength is rare. Oh no, I'm wrong. There are a bunch of other things. I don't know if they're basic rule things or things that have been added. Um, the belt of hill giant strength. Let me go and look at belts. Uh, belt of giant strength. Belt of hill giant strength. Changes your strength score to 21. We do love a uh, superhuman strength score. Mm -hmm. So would that notch you up to a plus five? I believe so. Yes, because I'm currently at 17, which is a plus three. And we should have had some dust of corrosion when we went to fight the robots. Hmm just turns well no we shouldn't because then you wouldn't be able to scavenge from them it just turns them into dust <laughs> have we had a have we had some sort of description of the sorts of things that are in the place i think we've had some sort of vague vibe yeah you've kind of only been able to get what you've gotten in in the sendings you've had i think mm. Mm. unless we found something else new out looking through those books for the I mean, the brief time that Rill... Uh, I mean, Rill, Rill did spend a few hours going through them like like a squirrel through a horde of nuts. <laughs> uh, so I think Rill could reasonably roll me... Uh, it would probably be an intelligence roll. Okay. For, for what he gleaned from, from those, those books. Uh, that was a 19. Nice. Okay. Yeah, you definitely would have gleaned uh, uh, some stuff. For that, uh, what sort of thing were you particularly looking out for, rather than me uh, blabbering? What's the uh, what's the sort of thing that you wanted to pick uh, up I as you were skimming? I suppose he would have been looking for anything about the guardians of the place. Mm -hmm. Okay. It has any? Um, I guess it, there wouldn't be like, you know, uh, wild animals or predators or anything like that. Just sort of lurking around. That seems kind of. Well, it just wouldn't happen there in that particular, you know, pocket dimension. But who knows? We found something like that. In general, uh, you you have confirmation that almost everything is an underground space. There there may be some places that that are or or which appear to be 
in some sense outside, but essentially the whole place is a network of rock tunnels. There's quite a lot of flowing water. There were also some highly decorative birds have been observed there um, with beautiful songs. The, in, in terms of guardians, uh, you did find mention of what were called uh, shrine guardians. Um, the way the geography of divine planes work is that the heavens, which is a single shared plane, more or less maps onto the geography of the material plane, although in a grander and more vivid fashion. And wherever on the material plane there is a consecrated shrine, in the heavens there is a portal or a gate to the corresponding personal plane of the god. So somewhere in the heavens, there is a place that corresponds to Vanguard in terms of geography. And at the point of the shrine that you were in yesterday with the dwarves, there will be a portal to Earthshaker. Mm, and on either side of that portal, there may be shrine guards, which are celestial beings belonging to or created by it's hard to be sure that god who are kind of acting as divine border guards not that they're going to be asking for paperwork probably uh but they are defenders and protectors and keepers out of nosy wizards who shouldn't be allowed to freely wander into the divine realm because they're not respectful enough you know that sort of thing mm -hmm. So what you're telling us is that generally they wouldn't be well dispositioned to us just popping in anyways. And now that we're doing so after their god has been dead, uh, they might not be quite as well leashed? I mean, they, they certainly have no one that they answer to anymore. What that's done to their personalities, it's really hard to guess. Uh, but there would have been armed celestial beings whose, whose role it was to uh, police traffic into and out of the realm, yes. Um, and the, the celestial beings in the case of Stonewalker, um, fittingly, took, you know, not, not the form of constructs, but the forms of beings of stone. You know, humanoid, okay. but, but with skin like marble or, or granite or slate, according to the individual. Interesting. They're uh, sentient. Yes. Yeah. Certainly uh, intelligent, at least enough to, to have language skills and conversations. Okay. But the reputation of, of most Celestials is of being quite intelligent. Um, and not always humanoid, but... Okay. In this case, uh, the gate guards are reported to have been sort of humanoids, but of, of, of stone. Mm. Right. We'll, we'll share what he's gleaned um, from the books with the rest of the party as we're shopping and trying to sort of decide what would be useful if we do yeah. uh, run into a fight where we're going. 
right. uh, for the sake of you managing to get some use out of your sudden untold riches, uh, I'm going to mm -hmm. set the the price of a rare magical item at fifteen hundred gold. So if you want to all have things, you'll have basically nothing left, or you can like pool your money and do a smaller number of things between you. You say fifteen hundred? Oh yeah, sure. Sorry, uh, it's like that's a lot. And then I realized that I converted a bunch of my gold into platinum already. <laughs> I mean, it's a lot easier to carry that much gold if it's platinum. Yeah. Mm. Or, or a banker's check, frankly. I Did have... you say anything about uncommon? Sorry. That's true. Okay. I didn't. Um, uncommon. Let's put them at one hundred and fifty. Which is the same proportion of the suggested range as uh, the rares are at. Okay. Um, and your standard healing potion is 50 gold. Okay. Hmm. How are you pricing scrolls? Are they just uh, as in the book? Uh, the book, I, I think, um, I can't remember if it gives a better and more defined range of scrolls. Uh, I find that, that the prices of scrolls is ridiculous. Ridiculous, like especially. I, mean, I think that's probably deliberate. I know it's <laughs> everything, but <laughs> this feels mean. Mayheart is complaining about the highway robbery of the spell spell scroll shop. Well, you know, if you go shopping in Vanguard instead of in Rossmouth, where you get the alumni discount. <laughs> in which case, I have, I have, I have four things. That I want three of them are rare, one of them's uncommon. Well, really you better either them. either uh, narrow your desires or uh, persuade your party that they should spend all their money on buying you things. <laughs> In that case, you can't go wrong with a wand of, the, of a plus two one wand of the war mage. Just makes you better. Yeah, it makes me plus two better. Yeah, that's a solid option. Also, I can cast while in half cover. <laughs> Just being better at stuff is is a solid option. Sweet. I am very much looking at like um the fire sword, flame tongue, I call it. And think and going, hmm, this would like flatly double my damage output. This feels <laughs> quite good. Just a small increase in effectiveness. I am considering um although I actually come to think of it I'm better off with just like a enchanted one that lets me hit more reliably hmm life is hard oh yeah so the, that's basically one of the items you find in your shopping trip is sort of the something very like what Kindler is but more so <laughs> because Kindler has charges and and, and in discussion with the shopkeeper, you discover that the sword you're looking at does not have charges. It just uh -huh. it just goes till you stop it. Mm. But it's not as pretty as Kindler. So there's that. <laughs> True. Not as meaningful. Not nearly Indeed. as meaningful. And doesn't look like a cool dragonfly. Mm. I considered a weapon for a split second, but then I was like, no, but Kindler is too cool. <laughs> I am thinking that honestly, I feel like the only thing is I'm I'm imagining this is like this is this is a very high end this is some very high end shopping we're doing here, right? 
you, you are in the district of the fancy people on the mm. street where the fancy people go for their fancy magical items. Yes. Mm. It's basically this street. So it's very easy to do comparative shopping. Yeah. Because what I'm, what I'm just sort of like looking at it going, mm, I'm just not looking for something in flame right now, you know? <laughs> um, I'm thinking something, I, I'm wondering if you've got something a little more, you know, um, thunderous or something of that nature. Thunder? We wouldn't put on a sword like this because it would be impossible to avoid uh, harming your your companions yeah. with it. Lightning would be a possibility. I'm a bit worried about lightning too. Hmm. I wonder if I mean no lightning makes sense. Fundamentally, the thing is, I'm expecting to be fighting some things made of stone. Hmm. Well, the mere fact of being enchanted will often make a sword more, more effective against enemies that are, are more resilient to physical harm. Hmm. Doing the nod of someone who knows exactly. Who definitely what knows what we're talking about here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's a custom oh, to sure. buying unbelievably expensive things. I might be better off with just a. No, I I wonder if they if they if they start talking about enchantments, I'm wondering if I might perhaps then be led to something which is merely a very good, just sort of you know, a good sword, um, with a with a enchantment bonus, because a plus two longsword is also listed as a rare item. Yeah, um, that feels more like it. Which is sort of why I was, um. I would let you skin that as, as kind of any damage type you wanted, based on... Um... Oh, right. Well, no, that's not what I mean, sorry. Um, I would let you reskin the fire sword as a different damage type. No, I, I get and you. Have it still be rare. Um, or, yes, you, you could be led over to... Perhaps you would prefer to look at these, uh, which, mm. on first glance, they're just very beautifully made, very beautifully polished ordinary mm. looking weapon um mm. when you look closer you can see the fine silver inlay along the whole spine of the blade in uh, strange arcane symbols that twist under the eye Ooh. Uh, these will both uh, cause more harm should you hit with them and uh they they themselves wish to strike the enemy and will assist you yeah. Um, if I go for maybe, I'm thinking then, since the difference in price is enormous. The difference um, in price is, in fact, huge. What I'm thinking is, I might go for a um, plus one longsword, which this is uncommon instead. Mm -hmm. One of the cheaper ones on offer. Yeah. Because um, that's still quite handy. That's still and quite then, nice, yeah. Um, and then take a look at, uh, allow myself to be led over and have a look at a um, I think maybe just catching my eye not something that I've been like you know they're still trying to like they're still being solicitors because they still clearly have a big bag of money um, yeah you didn't you you I feel like and have clearly like priced I, down right you named that you saw the price tag on on like the first sword they showed you and you made that face of them um, do I want to spend that much rather than the face of I can't. 
Yes. You you had the calculating look of is this the best use of my fund? Hmm. So perhaps you would be interested in uh, while I wrap this up for you. Feel free to yeah. look at our, our other items on show. Yes. Also, wow, a bunch of stuff does not require achievement, which I was not expecting. Um, yeah. Um, I'm going to assume that things require achievement because I don't want to think about more than two items. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. So what I might say is then a the the sorry. Um. There was a ring of mind shielding, which I think is probably something that I wasn't even being shown because it's a bit of a specialist item. You possibly um, have come over to the counter to watch them, <laughs> you know, process your item, and they've got that that kind of glass topped thing with the jewelry underneath it. Mm. And I'm just like asking them, asking them, listening through the first night, like, a ring of mind shielding. And I'm like, what now if there's one do? thing I know about this, it it, it makes you immune to. Anything that tries to read your mind, determine your alignment, um, or let me just check. Actually, ring off. Whilst wearing this ring, you are immune to magic that allows other creatures to read your thoughts, determine whether you are lying, know your alignment, or know your creature type. Oh, I actually come creatures to think of it, it doesn't really do communicate what it with you only if you allow. It. I just, just realised that it doesn't really do any of anything that I want it to do. <laughs> right, it's, it, it would have been great when you were fighting the Apoleth. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's more. But... Yeah, it's more. I wanted to. I wanted to use it to protect my mind. It doesn't really protect your mind so much as just. Stop specific it does things let you haunt from... things. Like I feel like its major <laughs> use is haunt. for making sure you become an annoying ghost. <laughs> okay, I'll tell you what. I would like. I would quite like that the javelin of lightning, and then I'm going <laughs> to pretend that these that both these things that do not require achievement actually require achievement, so I can stop thinking. <laughs> If we just let you basically, you have a javelin, but actually, it's the lightning bolt spell, more or less, yeah. Until it hits something and then turns back into a javelin. Yes. Nice, nice. Also, it's a lightning bolt that can target AC, which is fun. Yeah. <laughs> sort of. Well, for one well, person. No, it, it targets decks. It targets decks. Uh, not for the last person. The 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 actual target doesn't make the saving throw. You just make an attack roll against them. Oh yeah, that's pretty nice. Yeah, there you go. I will pretend that they require achievement. Even though literally neither of them do. And then I have a lot of money left over, which makes me feel good, because I feel very uncomfortable spending this much money. Uh, it, it seems entirely trick to me to be like, what if I do not spend this absurdly large pile of gold the day I get it? And instead, yes. continued to have a pile of gold against future need. Yeah. Like, we need to charter it. We need to, like, charter it, get on a ship. At some point, point, we're going to need a boat. That feels good to me. I will let people know that I have a slush fund, because I understand, like, we're doing some like extremely intense and scary hero shit. Like, yeah. I'm not against being extremely geared up. Like, I understand that tools cost money. Yeah, it's just your specific tools are. You're you're, you're feeling good. Mm. Okay, there you go. so I'm trick's scored. done. Who else is looking at shiny things? I am looking at some shiny belts. Ah, uh, yes, your shiny belts. Yeah, you can you can get the. Uh... The least rare one, the uh, the rare yeah. one, in fact, uh, for for fifteen hundred gold. I will... and then you can be superhumanly strong. Yes, I will do that. I I don't know whether Ember will be relieved or disappointed to discover that upon attuning to this belt, you do not like 
visibly bulk up to that degree. Oh. You look basically the same, but you you have that feeling of I could just carry my companions all day. I am unstoppable, a juggernaut. I can open the toughest of jars. <laughs> uh, Rill is looking, if one can find it, at a uh, necklace of prayer beads. Specifically, the ones that have curing, although some of the other ones are um, really interesting. I think the, the the beads of curing he would be most, you know, keeping an eye out for. Yeah. Um, Chris, roll me a d4. Okie doke. A one. <laughs> oh, buddy. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, my luck. I, th- I think what it is, is it's the trade-off that you make in order to be certain that the beads on your necklace of prayer beads are beads of cure wounds or lesser restoration. Um, so you find uh, a shop specializing in more uh, cleric-oriented goods, uh, which has a range of these prayer bead necklaces. And the one that you pick up, uh, on the base of it having it, you know, m- most of them... There's a degree of uncertainty about what spells the enchanted beads will actually help you cast. Uh, So you gravitate towards one in... uh, They are all perfectly round beads, uh, about a centimeter across, and most of the beads are various orangey shades of amber. But there are three in blue topaz. Uh, Mm -hmm. which you are assured uh, do not have the same randomness flaw as some of the other necklaces and will let you cast uh, your choice of cure wounds or lesser restoration when you remove them uh, from the necklace. Okay. So Rilla has got a necklace of cure wounds. Ember has got a belt of being extremely buff. Trick has got two sick nasty weapons. It's true. Maynard, are you shopping? I got that big, powerful wand. That's right. You just disappeared into the wizardiest of the wizard shops. Gazed soulfully at the scrolls for a solid ten minutes. And then came out with a smug expression and, and, a, and a new wand, uh, which is no doubt extremely stylish. Oh yeah. It's sleek. It's got like Stopping laid into the handle. Yeah, yeah. It it it's got like a lattice pattern that extends part way up the shaft, and it's like all inlaid with mother of pearl. <laughs> yeah. It gleams with expensiveness and also arcane power. Mm. I should actually, I should just have a quick glance at the list and decide whether Zuchette's buying anything. Oh yeah. <laughs> Even that she cannot afford. The extremely large diamond that she would like most of all. She does not have 5,000 gold with which to buy an extremely large diamond. Hmm. Uh, She has got a couple of things attuned. Is my armor supposed to be attunement? Yes. Okay. So Zuchette has gone into the same shop that Maynard did and is, is similarly looking at very expensive things and muttering. And is, in the end, going to not buy anything from that shop and instead go into one of the uh, enchanted um, tailoring 
and and armor places. Uh, probably the same place that Ember got their belt of giant strength, and uh, pick up some uh, extremely silent boots. Ooh. But with his remaining 160-something gold, Rill would like to buy three potions of healing. <laughs> because it seems like we... I need those. <laughs> you might need those, it's true. You can you can do that. They you can definitely find a potion shop and purchase your standard healing potions, which they probably uh, is almost probably almost everything they sell. <laughs> that and some some minor alchemical items that are probably not listed in the book, like oil of sharpness, but not as in makes your weapon equivalent to a plus one, just in the sense of literally keeps your weapon sharp. Just put this on your weapon. <laughs> Well, right, to a mundane level of sharpness, it means instead of spending hours sharpening your weapon, it just, you coat it in this and it doesn't like rust when you take it on the sea routinely. And now your fishing knife is always sharp. But not magically sharp. Just magically kept to a mundane level of sharpness. You know, stuff like that. But yes, you, you find the shop that basically sells healing potions and also other things. They're happy to make you other things. Really, they'd love to make you other things. They get so bored. <laughs> but if you would just like some healing potions, that's fine. We have these healing potions. Here you are. Come again. Thank you. We do a one gold discount if you come back with the the the, the bottle. Useful. The bottle, by the way, is clearly not worth a whole gold. That would be an absurdly fancy small potion bottle. <laughs> this is definitely just a get routine um, return custom because we know what our bottles look like trick. <laughs> Provide a, a small but not meaningless discount to try and get return custom. It's a whole gold. It's a whole gold. A gold is quite a lot of money. Exactly. It's worth it to you to get your one gold discount to come back to this shop, which then gets to make a sale. Everyone wins. Unless you happen to have teleported to another plane, at which point you probably can't come back to the shop. Well. It has become my outer character mission in life to ensure that we return to Vanguard and get our uh, hug fanned. I don't know what the where it is what? deposit that's the oh. <laughs> ah, no, I can't it's remember they buy the... the bottles back it's just that they give you a discount to get it refilled yeah well you know it, but you it, can always find the use for another healing, healing potion <laughs> trick easily caught by loyalty schemes we have learned this <laughs> <laughs> okay is everyone satisfied with their shopping yes yep. does anyone have plans for what to do next as you reconvene after a, uh, pro I think I think it's probably a late. If you're probably reconvening around a late lunch, having gone to the Dwarven Temple in the morning to uh, actually get your money and to sign your names in their prayer book, you have mm -hmm. then gone to the fancy street with the magic shops and purchased items, and you are now having lunch. Um, because you're in the upper city, you've like had to actually concede to a fancier form like you didn't manage, you couldn't find street food it was very sad you had to go like to a cafe disappointing they've got fresh lemonade though so that's nice yeah so Zouchette says what's next next we uh teleport on in I think seems like the thing to do no sound like the present look at me I've just bought a magical lightning bolt spear to cast against my foes and gonna 
To guard um, against your foes, the potentially corrupted spiritual guardians of a divine yeah. realm. I'm about yeah. to be teleported from Vanguard to the abode of the gods to save the world and such. And whew, I mean, I'm I'm 40 years old. You'd think I'd uh, have more sense than this, but well, I suppose it's got to be done, hasn't it? Someone has to. Someone does have to. All right. I would say we should plan, but I have no idea what we're going to, what state we're going to find things in. Um, Rill, do you have the ability to locate your mother once we get to that plane? Yes, once we get to the plane, I will. But going there now, I I have no idea. I could ask, but I from when we spoke last, it didn't seem like there was um much in the way of um what I'm thinking of landmarks. Once we're there, I I can ask and I can um, scry on her, and we can. Uh, get, get closer. You have a, a spell like uh, locate person or something? Yes, I just was looking at it. Um, I actually do have scrying. Mm. It does take me ten minutes to do, so if we run into trouble, we're going to have to take care of it first. But... That makes well, sense. I should let you get a look at where, where your mother is. Mm. Not necessarily a route between... Unfortunately, the best way to get that is to have a druid, and we do not at this time have one. I wish we could go back for Persalan, but Zeus needed where he has. Once we get there, Zushet, will you be able to teleport us to her if I can see where she is? Risky in the extreme. Uh, teleporting somewhere that I've never even seen. I mean, it would be extremely risky to do it even off somewhere that I'd done the scrying myself. Doing it off secondhand relay of someone else's is it's a bit too much. The chances of us and well, the chances of us actually ending up there rather than inside a mountain are slim. Right. All right, that's fine. We can see so where she we, is. We may have to travel on foot. Not the best option, but it's what we have. So. No, I don't like it either. I can, I can find an object if I'm close enough to it, but the distance isn't is not great. A limit on how big the object has to be, how distinct. It is, I either need to be able to specifically identify it, uh, or the spell will just direct me to to objects of a certain type. So I could, for instance, detect Rill's shoes if I was trying to find you, mm. because I know you and and have seen your shoes. But if I didn't, then I would probably only be able to locate shoes ah it's helpful then it's not perfect it's it's oh. <laughs> but it, it it's a it's a tool we have uh particularly if there's anything that we expect you know, your mother and her party to be carrying that we're not and additionally of course we need to find uh, one of the gems we were discussing ideally two right. and of course at least one or this trip is well, not wasted, but we've only done half of what we came for. And we'll have to do it again. So we need to look for those gems, and those are distinct enough. And I don't care about which one I find, if there are multiple available. 
the spell should be good for that. But uh, it, it has a limited range. It can't give me a bearing across a whole plane of existence. Naturally. I have some communication spells, which could be of use to us. Uh, I also can... Uh, that is... Well, if, if the... If the headpiece is translating it as the same word, then it's probably close enough to the same spell, so I also can do something very similar to scrying. Teleporting to a place I've seen is still very much a risk, but... At this point, I don't think there's anything we can do to mitigate these risks, unless you just don't go, which is not happening. No, I'm... I'm... You know, I am hoping that we pop up and there are landmarks or, or cues as to navigation and we are able, through means of sending spells, to converge on a location. Since I assume that the other party is, is free to move around, we may not need to find them if they know of landmarks that we could instead navigate towards. Sensible. Right? We have to... Be in a particular location to to teleport there? I think it would probably be rude to do it from a table in this cafe, but no. No, we can go from anywhere. Uh, the plane shift spell is uh, is flexible. Right. Then, not picky. Wherever you would like to go from, then open to it. I recommend we go somewhere less public, but... Yes, I, I tend to agree. I'm attracting enough attention as it is. Oh yeah, because at this point Zichette must have been walking around something, right? Yeah, Zichette, Zichette has acquired a, a big floppy-brimmed hat <laughs> for a few coppers, uh, but is otherwise just walking around visible because she is, as she explains, trying to save spell slots. She is trying to uh, conserve her arcane powers for the mm. extremely dangerous thing you're about to attempt. I'm sure we can find somewhere just out of the way to vanish from. Yeah. I do like I the mental like... image of just vanishing from this, like... Uh, Before or after paying. <laughs> we just leave them with the bill. We leave the money on the table. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just teleport out. I mean, that's very funny. That is very funny. Especially if you've, like, taken a table on the street, so you just, like, pick them up when the wait waiter isn't there. All that's left behind is the body and the breeze. <laughs> that, 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 that party of mixed adventurers is suddenly absent. Very weird looking halfling they had. A short halfling. Very short. Weird proportions. Very odd accent. Like, grey hair. So probably not actually a child, but Yep, didn't really hair. look like a halfling. Very skinny. Yeah, Zuchette has like uh, steel grey hair pulled back in a bun. Oh, okay. And uh, is keeping her, her head down under the hat because she also has uh, vivid yellow eyes, which are not common in halflings. To be fair, one of the human members of the party also has weird eyes, so that's kind of going around. Right, <laughs> yeah. Right, but otherwise does look human. <laughs> And Trick has tusks. Yeah. Little tusks. And tusks. you're a trow. Um, Maynard's totally normal, right, Maynard? Maynard's <laughs> totally normal. Maynard is just a wizard. 
just a kind of skinny guy hanging out with some big buff guys, which usually means wizard. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I, I I can't really come up with anything against that. It's true. It's very normal. <laughs> I want to be seeing some big buff himbo wizards. I mean, what is it about like studying arcane energy that means you can't also hit the gym? I think it's because all all wizards have a sort of compulsive special interest in studying. I think mm. it it's that they start reading a book and then suddenly it's seven hours later and they haven't moved, and they tend to forget such mundane considerations as uh, lifting. You know what? My next yeah. character, I'm gonna make someone like gonna make a spell. Honestly, I think Himbo Wizards is great. I think strength. people do yeah, yeah, right. They're, they're extremely intelligent. They're wizards. They are also big. Because Lord. there's nothing in the rules Lord. that says you can't be a big wizard. It's not actually a rule. It's merely a trope. Similarly, big fat rogues, because no one su suspects the big fat clownish person of being the thief. <laughs> stealth doesn't have to be literal invisibility. Stealth can be everyone thinks I'm harmless and is not bothering about me. Ah. And meanwhile, I have taken all their watches. Ah. Now I just want like a little lady rogue. That would be perfect. Oh, yes. yes. I am harmless and no one ever thinks that in my wheeled shopping bag I have got all manner of uh, breaking and entry tools. <laughs> and all your watches. I have a cat. It's not a familiar, it's a cat. <laughs> because, you see, when you put a cat on the front desk, everyone stops paying attention to whether you are wandering off into the building. <laughs> anyway. Uh, I, I would like to know whether you are finding somewhere secluded or whether you are persuading Zouchette to teleport you into the realm of the gods from your cafe table. Now that she mentioned it, Real is thinking about it, and... He does have a bit of, you know, he does like some trauma, you know. Always looks good. Um, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna try and persuade her to just teleport from their table. You know what? Roll roll persuasion. Is anybody assisting me on this? I'm not. No, I'm not <laughs> interfering, but I'm not as not assisting. <laughs> May not. Oh no! Oh, I got a six. Oh. <laughs> oh, Maynard, are you helping out so Rill can roll again, or, or are you disapproving of the teleport from the table plan? I'm feeling vindicative. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna help. Yes. Roll again. Come on, dice. Hell yes. Dirty Oh. <laughs> well, it was a perfectly nice cafe, but I don't feel too heartbroken about never coming back to it. Everyone I mean, hold hands and brace yourselves, please. I slam down money on the table and then hold hands. Yes. <laughs> Zushet nods approvingly. <laughs> okay. Zushet gets you all to hold hands around the cafe table and tries to pick a moment when not too many people are looking your way, but in particular when none of the cafe staff are looking your way. Um, she's got the tuning fork that you went to such trouble to attune uh, in her left hand and has got uh, one of you holding her wrist on that side so as to keep you all connected. And she closes her eyes 
and mutters a few brief words and taps the tuning fork on the tabletop and it rings this much more complex note than you would have expected. It's not a single sound with its resonances. This rings out a chord as if several bells had been struck at once. You have teleported several times with the assistance of wizards of your acquaintance, and you've sort of gotten used to that sensation of the world dissolving and reforming. This resembles that, but more so. The world dissolves around you in a similar way, but then there is time and a sense of movement, although you couldn't say in what direction. And all you can really feel is the hands of your companions holding yours, and then patches of reality start bleeding back around you and expanding until you blink and you are now somewhere else. You are somewhere rocky and enclosed with no windows in a smallish room that opens out onto a corridor on one side, you can hear a, a constant soft trickle of running water. You can see the arched roof and the ribs extending down as columns in the walls, but everything looks carved, not built. The floor beneath your feet might once have been a mosaic, but now it's so cracked that it's hard to say what the image would have been. It's warmer than you're used to underground, but not uncomfortably so. The whole place smells of dust. There are there's low light from a number of glowing uh, glass balls set into the walls, but otherwise this room appears to be bare. I look to the wizards. <laughs> oh, what now? I hate hearing that. Well, uh, now I'll, I'll reach out to my mother and see if she can tell us who she is. I'll let her know I'm going to scry on her and see if we can triangulate somewhere to meet. So... If we knew where we were, if we knew if there was anything around us that was landmark as well, that would be useful. Perhaps we should look around for a few minutes first. Right. I would like to expend one charge in my Wand of Secrets. Okay. We have not used this since you found it, lo, these many years ago. Remind <laughs> us what a Wand of Secret does. <laughs> um... It detects and point and it detects the any secret doors or traps within thirty feet and it acts kind of like like a dowsing rod, so you, you follow the flashing light towards it. Uh see, now I'm like, would it be cool if there were some secret doors? Hugs <laughs> uh. <laughs> all over again. 
and, and the answer is it um it, it would be cool but i have no idea what to then put behind them <laughs> that's fine i just wanted to use it no no i'm going to give you a thing i'm going to give you a thing um yeah the one you expend one charge of your wand of secrets which you found in the spider den months ago and i don't think ever used but you you've always had it um mm-hmm. and it points you towards a section of wall between two of these arched pillars um it's the kind of architecture where I mean, this room is octagonal more or less and each of the sides has this arched formation and one of them is an open archway but the others all have the same kind of arch where there could be a doorway there and one of them the, the wand is pointing you towards it i think there's some sort of opening here right hmm. uh, Rill is gonna i guess follow the the light on the wand and sort of put his hand against the wall is it like an illusion or is it an actual wall it, it, it is an actual wall yeah okay. there's definitely stone there in our does your wand tell you what um it is i mean do we have to find a brick uh, uh, you know, we have to take one of these little just... crystal balls out of the hall. I don't... I don't know. It it just tells you where the secrets are. Well... It's not... not incredibly helpful, but... Oh no, this is fantastic. It would also... it would also detect a trap if there was suddenly one going to be sprung upon us, so... Uh, now does it... does it detect traps and secrets differently? No. Ah, maybe step back. Real step back. Love to have wisdom. He's like, oh, a secret. This is my wheelhouse. It's like, no, you might get blown up. Maybe. That is also your wheelhouse. I don't see the problem. That's pretty more my thing. If I push against the, the wall, does it feel like it's going to move? Or could move. Yes, we let the... I mean, roll me an investigation check for poking around at the wall. Let the much more sturdy yeah. person, Maynard, go and poke at the wall instead. That's right. <laughs> I rolled it a lot. Wizards are incorrigible. You're, you, I mean, you are super confident that this is definitely a real wall made of real stone. Um, you're, you're poking around, and you're not having any immediate insights into how to make the wall move but you are pretty sure that you can see a thin crack around where it joins the arches so you think it is a wall that moves mm-hmm. hmm. right real could you be doing your thing while we while Maynard investigates we were going to look around i believe uh before we got you know we found this oh right I- yeah, I still think we should. We only we only do that sort of communication so often. Alright then. Rick, do you and I want to have a little look around while they do Ah, uh, You know how I do have you know how I've just been shopping I do have 14 wisdom. <laughs> do you know one thing which I might have purchased if the GM is merciful? I will let you have purchased string. Hey! <laughs> Alright. Um, I won't even charge you for it because string is measured in coppers. It's fine. You have 
I will. It, this is like a bear chamber, right? Is that right? This is a bear chamber. Yes. All right. Chamber of I will tie one end of the string. I will tie one end of the string to Maynard, <laughs> uh, which has many benefits. <laughs> and I will carry the ball with me so I can unwind it as I go. Fabulous. Um, I'm going to use um, Mage Hand to try and shove the wall. Um, sure. Uh, I mean, it's a cantrip, so it's not going to cost you anything yeah. to try. I will remind you that its maximum force exerted is less than you can push. So if you were trying to use it to more forcibly push the wall, Mage Hand can't do that. That's right. You're right. Never mind. It does let you push things from further away. So there's yeah, that. just in case like something explodes. Yes, uh, a push at the extent of the force that Mage Hand can supply does not appear to shift the wall. <laughs> It should not require sh- it should not require sh- shaking, breaking, or undue force. <laughs> I'm just going to get my dice out and let Zouchette come and poke. Or at the this use of any of or the use of any tools not provided in the puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> Zouchette is going to have a go at investigating this wall because wizards, wizards yeah. are just like this. <laughs> yeah, this I have someone to encourage my ideas. Bill is also encouraging your ideas, to be fair. He's just doing other stuff at this moment as well. Mm-hmm. That's understandable, of course. Ah, yeah, I'm afraid to say that Zuchet rolled a two and there's no amount of uh, intelligence bonus that can help with that. Well, anybody have a crowbar? I've got an axe. Hey, you're with me. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I and could they're just crawling back over their shoulder. I've got an axe. I, I seriously was considering uh, yelling out over my shoulder as we're headed out. Um, if uh, if you can't open it by the time we get back, I've got an axe. This spell sheet. Why doesn't this character sheet have a proficiency bonus on it? I don't particularly want to burn a fourth level spell slot to do stone shape to get into this, whatever it is. That, that's fair. Like, just give me a second. <laughs> I think I'm just time. going to leave it alone. Nah. Well, I guess we could try and push it open or pull it open. How strong okay, so I've just done it? the sums, and despite physically rolling a two, uh, Zuchette's uh, assuming that she is proficient in investigation, which she's an NPC, and I'm going to say she is. Uh, that was a total of 15. So... <laughs> Because she's really high level and really smart. So um, she's going to start fiddling with these uh, like glow, glow balls and discover that they can be removed from their niches. Oh, I knew it. Um, and if... But there is a, a limitation. So you can remove front from its niche and walk around with it freely, but then you can't remove any of the others until you put the first one back. Um, but her, her theory about this, as she explains, is I don't think it's that only one can be removed. I, I think it's that I can only have one. Try getting that one. Okay. Um, Maynard will go and grab another one of the glowing orbs. And, and you are able to do so. So this is, this is, uh, the key to this is it's very easy to open provided you've got two people and take 
the globe out from each the, the pillar on each side of the place where the secret door is and the uh the wall the stone wall ripples like a curtain and sweeps open Ooh. and reveals uh, an even smaller chamber uh, this one is square uh it's about four foot wide by six foot high by six foot deep very small uh one side of it is a stone ledge um with on the ledge neatly folded a couple of warm looking blankets and a pillow which look in perfect condition and a niche in the other wall holds a wicker basket with what uh yeah i think real real's gone exploring but so you wouldn't specifically recognize so there's a but there is a wicker basket containing uh small flat so unleavened like bread or cakes of of some kind about hand sized and slices of some kind of fungus uh, and there is also a pitcher and a clay cup that's odd like someone's been living here it looks very tidy and very clean and it but it has that same unused dusty smell as as the other room it doesn't look it doesn't look lived in it looks prepared to be lived in i'm gonna i'm gonna leave it alone for now but i will tell we'll tell real about it liz i believe off exploring with the uh, the siblings mm-hmm. do you have any particular exploration strategy of which i should be aware Mm. You said there. Well, I, I do have my uh, hood up on my uh, cloak of elven kind. So if anything is trying to find me, they have a disadvantage. But, and I am. But you also have me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just the resignation is wonderful. <laughs> Uh, are we being particularly stealthy about this? I am making what? an attempt. I'm not like I'm not like tiptoeing, but I'm not like mm. crashing. Okay. Yeah, I mean I'm in much the same sort of mode here. I don't really hold out much hope of being exceptionally stealthy, but I'm not but, but you're, you're you're trying not to create too much of a disturbance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. That's good to know. Okay. Um, the corridor, when you step out into it, uh, stretches away in both directions. Uh, there's a general similar archways uh, of, of the, at least the part of it you can see uh, a, a solid wall, uh, and it has um, fairly high up, uh, about five feet up, uh, a, a shallow channel carved along it um 
and that is where the noise of uh, gently running water has been coming from. It has a, a very gradual slope along the corridor, and there's just uh, what looks like uh, fresh water uh, running gently uh, along this wall. That makes sense. Good. Good, all right. Uh, well, we can check both ends. Because you'd figure either if there'll be a way into somewhere more open or sort of a grand entrance that might be recognisable, right? It'd be one end or the other. Mm-hmm. Okay. You are, it turns out, quite close to one end of the, the corridor. You, you turn right, and the, the first door you pass goes into an, another arched octagonal chamber. This is larger than the other one and has a, a row of seating or benches uh, carved sort of into the wall all the way around it. Uh, so if you brought a group in, you could all sit in, well, an octagon, but you know, a circle uh, and, and, and all see each other. Um, and then at the top of the corridor, you ascend a few steps and are in a a dead end, essentially, except that this ledge you've stepped up to has a reflecting pool uh, carved into it, uh, perfectly circular, quite shallow, kind of bowl-shaped, and lined in a beautiful white stone. the the general stone of this uh, particular area that you've come up in is is a sort of speckled grey with pink flecks, but the shallow bowl of this reflection pool uh, is lined in white, and the way the globes have been arranged in in this niche at the top of the corridor, um, it does give a very strong reflection of the arched ceiling of the space. And it's out of that pool that the water is gently flowing down the corridor. Um, You don't see any obvious source for water flowing into the pool. It looks like it itself uh, is generating the water. I mean, that's some sort of landmark. Oh, Rail, do you think this would be good enough? Maybe, but we don't know how common they are here. I think we should check the other end of the hallway. See if there's anything um, larger, perhaps. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. You can you head in the other way down the corridor. You continue passing these fairly bare, austere rooms. Uh, some of them look like meeting rooms. Some of them are completely bare. Um, There's a small handful that have not exactly comfort, but which look more like living spaces in that they do have these stone ledge beds, usually uh, two or four to a room. uh, And one one room you pass has uh, 
sort of mushroom-shaped circular table occupying most of the room with these rock benches around the edge. At the other end of the corridor, there is an archway. That is, the corridor itself terminates in an arch, like a grand doorway, but not, not with any doors in it, but with beautifully carved and fluted stone to indicate a, a kind of entrance to this small complex of rooms. And on the far side of it, you can see another corridor or tunnel to which it should connect, but there is a gap. There is a black space, about a foot wide, jagged edged, that separates here from there. It gives you the heebie-jeebies. Mm. It's not just a gap in the floor. It's in the walls and the ceiling as well. It goes all the way around. You mm. can see the far side, but you have this sensation of the far side being further than it should be somehow. You guys remember the last time you went into a cave and there was a big black hole of nothingness? Yeah, I was going to say mm. this is pretty disconcerting. <laughs> Is there anything like staring out over the edge? I was just going to ask, is that the same as when we visited the um, edge of the world? I think you're thinking of different places. Um, Shrek, what do you mean exactly? I mean, there is... There is... The, the world is bounded. And you can gaze out at Sorry, that. Sorry, I thought you said, is there anything staring out over the edge? Oh, like, no, I said, is it, is it anything like staring out over the edge? So the edge of the world is more of a gradual twilight. Mm, mm. This is very sharp-edged and sudden. Mm. And you can see something on the other side, which you would not expect to at the world edge. Yeah. But it does have something of the that sensation of it making your hackles rise does have some resemblance to the the instinctive warning off you get when you stray into the twilight at the edge mm. feels mm. a little familiar in that way. I would guess that these sort of holes, to put it mildly, might be more common around here than the, the other direction. Maybe. Didn't they mention that sort of thing? That things were broken up? Did. Yeah. Can uh, Maynard and Zouchette catch up with the others? Mm-hmm. I want to see this. Aril is going to yeah. very uh, scientifically throw a rock into it. Ah! Oh, that's good. <laughs> well, <laughs> Great minds. You got to explore the I, secret I, I, thing. I... I get to throw a rock into a pit. It's not so much a pit. Uh, it's a, a weird a, tear in a... the universe. <laughs> Then. Well, it's it's more it, it's a crack that goes all the way around this corridor. It's like this corridor ends in a jagged break on all sides, mm -hmm. and then resumes on the far side, about a foot away. But it has bad vibes. Yes. Thus we. So you're throwing you're throwing a rock into the black. Thus we gently lob a rock into the black um, tear. Mm-hmm. 
in, in a very real sense, nothing happens, and it continues to happen. And, and, and at some point, you get bored of waiting to hear the rock land, and it still hasn't made any noise. Mm. It, it drops into the darkness, and you can see it for some distance. Um, there is a... Uh, it does fade from visibility faster than it would if you'd simply dropped it off a building or something. Um, but you do not have any evidence of it landing or hitting anything. Okay. How wide is this gap again? How about a foot? Alright. Well, hang on. Let's try, try throwing something across instead. Are there rocks or are we relying on bits and bobs? That we are carrying uh, our enormous packs at this point. There, there is, there are not any loose rocks, no. But you are carrying enormous packs. I'm sure somebody has got a bag of ball bearings. <laughs> All adventurers, I mean, as far else. as I know, have a bag of ball bearings. We... Uh, is that the case? Well, I should have that as my inventory. <laughs> well, not, not. It's not actually in the rules, but in my experience, everyone seems to buy a bag of ball they're, bearings. They're versatile. In that case. You could use them for so many shenanigans. Many. Uh, in that case, Rill will borrow a ball bearing from Trick to hook across. No, I don't have any ball bearings. I was saying <laughs> I don't have any ball bearings. Trick doesn't actually engage in the kind of pranks that require ball bearings. Oh, shame. No. Uh, Rill will find some small piece of detritus, in that case, from one of their persons and sort of, you know, chuck it across the gap. Yeah, so somebody scrunched up the waxed paper that yesterday's lamb kebabs came in. And you shoved it in their pocket. And you fish that back out. And chuck it across the gap. And it makes it safely, but it hangs in the, in the air a weirdly long time as it's crossing the gap. Like it moves more slowly across the gap, but it does make it across and lands and doesn't appear to be damaged. There was just some hang time of a couple of seconds as it traversed the gap. Okay, so it's... Not going to hurt, maybe. I could try to teleport across. I mean, I can see the other side. I mean, it's a foot. I can try and jump across. What do you think is safer? Well, why don't you... Or maybe I could take the blockchain and jump across with my boots. Yeah. That seems best. So I I will set up the... Or have tricks set up the blockchain and yep. try that. I mean, you can. I can give it a bit of length and just fix one in the air and hand you the other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You take. So you take your little run up, or are you standing on the edge and bunny hopping? Uh, I will take a little run up. Mm-hmm. You take your little run up, and you know this is not a big gap. Even for an unathletic person, this would not be a big gap, and you are quite an athletic person. Mm-hmm. The, the physical challenge of jumping across this gap isn't really one. It's the, it's the uh, conceptual issue. You take your little run-up, and you hop across the gap. And it is weird. It makes every hair on your body stand on end. There is this instinctive, this is bad feeling as you cross the gap. And there is a sensation of weightlessness 
and gravity going away it's as if the only source of it's as if instead of being part of the world just for a moment you are your own independent reality and the only movement you have is what you brought with you and then you land on the other side and everything feels normal again except that your heart is racing because that was unpleasant hmm. and the chain is stretching across the gap and does not appear to be damaged by it well i didn't love that but i did it do you all want to come over here or shall i come back here uh ember okay for the weirdness there's some attenuation like it sounds like they're talking from further away than they actually are but but only in the sense of it sounds like they're speaking to you across a room rather than from a couple feet away. I think you ought to come back. I think we ought to go across. Like, the way that your mother described things was more damaged. I think we need to head deeper into the damage. You might be right. That's not my first instinct, but I think you're right. We should, we should go across. Besides, this place is quite orderly. More damage might mean a more unique feature to orient to. Fair enough. And besides, as far as I can see, this one's a dead end. Wait, hang on. I I got confused a bit because you said there was an arch with the thing, but also that sorry, there sorry, was. Sorry, a... means the other end. Means the the space you were in as a whole, like the other end right, of the corridor right. terminated in that pool, and then this is the other end right, of the corridor. Gotcha. Yeah, I get you. If we want to go on, we'll have to cross this gap. So. So. In we go. Walking across the gap and nothing. Fun. I'm yeah, gonna. Sushet is gonna line up and do the little bunny hop. And you watch her have that moment of hang time, which was weird when Ember did it, and it's weird now. And then she lands and gives a full body shudder. Like a cat that just stepped in some water. Mm. That's not pleasant, but you'll be fine, I think. Over I go. Take the blockchain with you. Don't need to. It's got buttons on both ends. Oh, it, it does. Cool. Forgot about that. It, it is. It is a well-designed and versatile piece of equipment. Thanks to whatever dwarves invented that thing. Actually, to be fair, I think it wasn't the dwarves. I believe this is uh, originally a drow artifact because they used it to fort to a bridge. Mm. Um, anyway, that's not relevant. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. You heard it here first. Um, ben wholeheartedly endorsing the blockchain as a valuable and useful tool. That is what I said. <laughs> um, yeah, trick your your stomach kind of turns over. It is unpleasantly. I mean, actually, you were fine on a boat. Uh, but you suddenly understand and appreciate Ember's seasickness rather more um, because everything flips unpleasantly and up doesn't have a meaning for a moment and then you, you land and it's fine but that wasn't nice and the other two similarly you know when you traverse this gap it gives you the shivers it feels wrong you do not like it and it is physically unpleasant but it does not appear to harm you. And I think as you all regather on the 
far side of this crack in reality given that we have been recording for a couple of hours even taking out a lot of shopping time i think we should stop there um, at least for this episode okay All right Come Out and Play is a real play podcast project, all trans, all the time. You can find us at CAOPcast on Patreon and on Twitter, and at our website, comeoutandplay.games. If you're trans or non-binary and you'd like to get involved, drop us a line. And as always, if you enjoy our show, share it with your friends, and if you don't enjoy our show, share it with your enemies. Word of mouth is how a project like this gets attention, and we just love attention. Yeah, unfortunately, the Ring of Invisibility is a legendary item. Uh, yeah, you can't get. We want the precious. <laughs> the precious is quite expensive. <laughs> <laughs>